So I'm sitting here with Jean Callanan in her beautiful 1870s house in Dublin 8. There's a weeping beech tree gently knocking on the window as we sit here with tea. So that's on one side of us and to the other side is a beautiful stone wall. And we're in the heart of the matter in Dublin 8 and I'm here because Jean has just done an extension to your house. And Jean, what really made me laugh when the, we walked in the door and you said, what you did wasn't what the architects wanted you to do. So can we start with your experience with architects, just as a starting point? Well, well, in fairness, I actually decided that I wasn't going to do the house with an architect. I decided I was on a limited budget mm -hmm. and I'd heard various scare stories. Mm -hmm. uh, so I decided I was going to have a go at doing it without an architect. Yes. Fortunately, I have a brother who uh, has supervised various projects. So he was in ability, he was in a position to give me some technical help. So, and I just thought, well, I can probably do it on my, on my own. Mm -hmm. uh, however, I did bring in various architects mm -hmm. at, uh, at various stages, uh, sometimes, sometimes friends, sometimes recommendations. Uh, in fact, one of my, my tips was that uh, I found that uh, that you could offer to do is it the Simon community mm -hmm. no focus focus yeah. focus yeah the focus scheme mm -hmm. uh, architect I'd meet architects and I'd say will you come and have a look at my house and I'd give a contribution to focus even though it was outside the time of the scheme okay ah. and and they were they were quite happy to do it so right. that was very useful for very getting the useful. sort of hour long yeah. chat about a feature yeah. or whatever yeah. Um, so can we then rewind to where you you bought this house when you were i bought this house when i was in my 20s and right. i was working in guinness and i'd come back from london so i bought this house and the house had been owned by um a nightclub owner in dublin who at one stage had red flocked wallpaper on the oh, right. uh, on the uh, the walls it wasn't there when i came in but what he had done was he had made the the bedroom uh, like a like a terrace so it's a mezzanine overlooking the sitting room oh, yeah. and then the dining room was set in down below so basically a two up two up down house where the wall had been taken out okay and uh, I have been shown photographs where he has a four poster bed very close to the uh, the the sort of the the view down into the sitting room uh, clearly a wires uh, paradise wow. uh, I didn't have that yeah. but I did still have that mezzanine effect um, so we're talking about a bedroom that literally is just open right down to the downstairs sitting room. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. So um, the house was full of character. Bought it. Bought it. Then was very happy. My my uh, one of my brothers kept saying to me, "When am I going to get a grown up house?" Okay. Um, so I had the I had the house then, and then I took myself off. I uh, sort of on career moves around the world. So I had family and friends living in the house. And then Can I just tell everyone what the house looks like. If you were to stand in front of this house, you have you walk up a couple of steps to a beautiful door with glass curved glass over it and to the left you have a bay window so it's a lovely villa red brick villa style house sorry Jean. um so um i took myself off and i came back in the uh sort of you know 2005 ish and i sort of thought i'll do a job on the house but then i think life got in the way mm -hmm. uh, and i didn't do do anything um, and then uh, this time two years ago, I was asked to go and do to be a participant in a piece of research mm -hmm. being done 
by a policy group called ISACS, mm -hmm. which is the Smart Aging Network, mm -hmm. and it's run by a friend of mine, Anne Connolly. And they were researching what they were talking to people in their mid 50s to mid 60s, and they were saying, what would make you move out of your home in 10 or 15 years? And some people said things like, you know, security concerns, or it wouldn't be within, I'd have to drive a car, or the house would be too big for me. And it became abidingly clear to me that if I, that the thing that would make me move out of the house was that it needed a big job done on it, mm -hmm. and that I mightn't have the energy then ah. to do it. So I actually found myself saying, if I want to stay living in this house, then I need to do the job now. So that was really was a wake-up call in terms of in terms of that. And it actually turned out to be very important because, for example, I need to get a mortgage. I'm mm -hmm. a self-employed mm -hmm. consultant. I needed to get a partial mortgage mm -hmm. to, to fund this. If I had let it go much longer, right. I would have had difficulties getting getting that financing. Good point. Uh, so it wasn't just about energy levels; it was all about it was also about some of the practicalities in terms of mm -hmm. finance. Um, and the other thing that that whole process made me think was it started to make me think, okay. You know, if I am looking at getting older, now we're not talking about putting in protective, you know, yeah, bars know, or anything yeah. like that. We're yeah, not. Yeah. It isn't. It isn't yeah. age proof that way. It's no. age proof on the basis that I will live here very happily until I'm seventy five. Yeah, you know, it's gene proofed. Like it's, it's gene proofed. Yeah. It, it, it's dealt with. But one of the things that came came became very clear was that actually I might want to use it as a source of income. I have a partner who spends probably about half the year living in Galicia. Mm -hmm. um, and he's a writer and he can he can mm -hmm. work there. So we go back and forth and I suddenly started to say, well, you know, perhaps I might want to use Airbnb. Mm -hmm. Perhaps I want to rent it out for the horse show. Mm -hmm. Perhaps I might want to get a, a student lodger in for the mm -hmm. summer months when mm -hmm. I'm not here. Um, so I might want to use the house uh, to provide income. Right. So I found myself saying, OK, if I'm putting that into the project as well, what do I need to do? Mm -hmm. So the obvious thing was I needed a second, uh, a second bathroom. Right. Um, and I needed to make sure that I had a bedroom to a standard that would work and had storage for that bedroom mm -hmm. and things. So those were all of the things that, that sort of fed into the project. Mm -hmm. And in the initial phase, I did like an awful lot of people. And perhaps if I'd had an architect, I wouldn't have done this. Mm -hmm. But I did what an awful lot of people do. And I sort of overspecced the project. Yeah. So I looked at putting, at extending the kitchen and putting a bedroom onto the back mm -hmm. of the house, a bedroom or an office onto mm -hmm. the back of the house. So an additional room, leaving me with a very small courtyard. In order to do that and be legal, I needed to get planning permission. Mm -hmm. Uh, because it was under the 12 mm -hmm. square meters, the yeah, 15 yeah. square meters, whatever the, yes, the figure yeah. is. So I was very law abiding and I did that and I got an architectural student to draw up the plans. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I was confident enough around the around the plans. Uh, however, when I got the planning permission and I started talking to builders, I discovered the cost was ridiculous. So I was getting quotes 
that we're going to make this a quarter of a million project, which it was never going to be. Yeah. So it was, you know, the quote, the builders' quotes were coming in at 180, 185. Mm -hmm. There was no, and I was excluding, you know, kitchens and bathrooms and all of those sort of things. And so when was, you were going to builders, how did you find those builders? Who did? Who was your I first found, port of call? I found builders through word of mouth. Yeah. But I must say, I had to look. For an awful lot of builders mm -hmm. and I found it very difficult to get quotes yeah. because I might have gone for the quote before the building before the planning permission if I'd been able to find builders to come and get quotes yeah so I did find it it um, it very difficult um, most of them were coming through word-of-mouth recommendations yeah um, and I have to say it was a word-of-mouth recommendation who delivered my final builder who was an absolute star fantastic I was really really uh, blessed him. with me you know he, he was he had done a project for uh, a friend of mine five years ago and he was still dealing with issues that she had that were not his fault right you know it right. turns out there was a part of the garden that was in a wind tunnel and the gate used to go and he still five years later is willing to send somebody out to right. uh, to repair that so so a find and I'm interested to know did you find builders prepared those who actually came to quote you did you find them prepared to put a quote in writing or did they give you a verbal estimate um, and what kind of a range did they give you did they say 180 to 200 or did I they find say out I found both mm -hmm. so I had two that gave me decent uh, decent estimates in the first phase and then by decent I, you mean written or written, answer, written yeah yes and I have to say then the, the builder, um, Lucien Anton from Carrera mm -hmm. Construction, who was absolutely superb, uh, he gave me a detailed, he brought in a quantity surveyor wow. to do the, to do the, um, the quote. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, with the house that's built in the 1870s, of course things went wrong. Not his fault, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, that we discovered various walls had no foundations and, mm -hmm. you know, there was dry rot under the floor here oh, in really? the sitting room and oh things. Oh my God. But, but they were all dealt with in nice. a very sensible way. There was never a time where a cost came in, you know, a quote came in for the next bit of it that was out of kilter with the broad one, if right. you know what I mean. Okay. So there was no feeling that you were being taken for a ride. Which Great. Is, which is wonderful. Great. So you, you eventually hit on your right builder. Yes. You got a quote in writing that you had faith in, I suppose, because yes. it had quantity surveying yes. knowledge behind it. And then what happened? Did you so, have to move out? Uh, I had to move out. I had to move out. Uh, the, the, this whole process, if I take it, it was two years ago that yeah. I got the inspiration right, the wake up call, I had to do it. Oh, right. And I then was sort of, I would say I was in, it took me an active nine months like if I go from now when I'm mm -hmm. back in like a week mm -hmm. uh, like a month um I would say it was sort of September last year when I was really seriously on it um and one of the very important parts of that was actually doing the clear out you know yeah. so ah, in fact that one started longer so there was a there was a, an attic upstairs and there was so much stuff that had to go out so I took a stall in the flea market brilliant um so that paid for that chair over there Fantastic. so it's my flea market chair and what a um, great start to any project, a big clear out. Exactly, exactly. And I'll be honest, there was a clear out 
after so I have to clear everything out mm -hmm. um, because with rewiring you mm -hmm. can't and rewiring was one of those issues it had to be done mm -hmm. you know the whole so house even the though. whole house had to be rewired so absolutely everything was gutted mm -hmm. um, so everything was put into into storage um, for a 12-week period and I was lucky I had a brother I could go and stay with so I was so that was a very easy part mm -hmm. of the whole thing um, if I would say what was of the whole build the most stressful thing was dealing with the bank right and it was it was it was ludicrous stuff actually it was so this was Bank of Ireland yeah um, the initial conversations with them two years ago absolutely no no problem mm -hmm. um, and you know then when I engaged with them nearer the date again there was a short list of agreed things that they would need and yeah. that was all fine um, and they weren't a problem mm -hmm. and then as it got closer so I'm talking about now like literally I was in the process of clearing the attic the movers were coming at the end of that week and the bank rank and they, they said we've decided we want they had financial figures for the previous two years and they, they decided they wanted certified financial accounts for a further year now anybody who runs their own business mm. knows that you actually do them a year. a year later yeah so suddenly all my financials papers are all packed up and normally it would take me a week to do that yeah. then I have to get my accountant on board and they are they are saying at that last moment no we want this that I thought was bad they they questioned my accountant's qualifications uh, they wow. they did all despite the fact of having worked for one of the very big partners and, mm -hmm. and all of this the it was it was nitpicking and ticking boxes of a, an extraordinary nature but the one that really got me was three weeks after everything had been signed and sealed with my solicitor I rang them one day and said are the is the money going to be transferred now at this stage the builders were in is the money going to be uh, transferred and they said Oh, we've decided we want a structural survey. Now, they've already had had the survey from Sherry Fitzgerald with all the valuations, all the everything. And the mortgage was less than, it was 15% of the value of the house. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, there's yeah. a financial track record. Yeah. There's all of, all of that. And um, so I had to, I nearly wanted to laugh because they wanted a structural survey. And that day mm. I and the builder had discovered there were no foundations on the bathroom wall upstairs. It was oh built God. straight on the floorboard. And I'm going, oh my God, are they going to have an approved list? Now, as it happened, my own structural engineer was able to come in and do, and do the paperwork on it. But if I'd had to bring a third party in, you know, so really hairy. It would have been absolutely fine if they'd said it all up front. They were just so difficult. And I spoke to them one day. They wouldn't give, give you, you know, he said, oh, no, we don't handle individual accounts. You get whoever you get. And he, and he said to me, I'm in the overflow office, so I don't know anything about what's going on. So all I can do is look at the computer and tell you what boxes need to be ticked. It was extraordinary. Um, when I got the money, when it got started flowing, it actually worked fine. But I have to say it was the most stressful part of the whole thing. And very, very poor service. I don't understand how they think it's reasonable to change the goalposts every step of the way. Like there has to be a finite list of no, things that are exactly. needed in order to get and a I, loan. And I kept saying and to them, tell what me is, 
what is the list? Yeah. And the other, the other thing, but this may have been my fault, which was in, to do with the, the finance, was that they didn't make clear to me that they absolutely needed the track record for a year of the money they needed to demonstrate you could have going sacredly into a particular account because I put money in the midst into my pension. Sure. And they said, oh, no, 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 that doesn't count. And I'm going, excuse me. So I had had, say, a standing order of 500 yeah. and they wanted me to have 750. But they hadn't told me that. Yeah. So, and, and this was despite there being considerable savings in places. Yeah. Like there was no yeah. issue yeah, around there was no pressure the, on the, whole the money, yeah. you know. It was, it was this, you know. And again, I was just, you know, horrified that they hadn't spelt it out to me. So there was a whole load of stress that didn't need to be, to be there, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, well, my sympathies to you because that it's really it's exhausting and it, frustrating it exhausting. and then it's a bit and scary too because you exactly. think god if it, if it keeps changing maybe and i'm not going to get this exactly money. and it wasn't it, it wasn't for good reasons yeah. if you know what i mean that was what was it was this nitpicking and it was why why didn't you just give me the list in the beginning and you could have had all of them mm. you know at sure. the same time it was very unimpressive maybe that you mentioned at the start when we started talking that you learned a lot of lessons uh, mm. after this project or through this project was that one of them when you're dealing with the banker so it's hard to know what you would have done differently it is hard to know all i would say to people is be be beware yeah you know that all kinds of funny things can come yeah. there because i hadn't expected that to be the source of stress i had expected the builder to be yeah and the builder wasn't isn't that interesting you know so any other things you've learned if you were to if you if a friend was starting into this now i would i would have sort of three three pieces of advice the first oh. one is uh, if you know in, in buying property it's all about location 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 mm. in refurbishing it's all about asking 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 mm. all of the best information came from uh, from people so i used a company called composite windows mm -hmm. for my windows and doors and they were certainly 40 percent cheaper than the monster joineries of the of the world, mm. um, and they were very good. Um, so I had absolutely no no problem with them. But I ended up getting all of the windows and doors here for eight and a half grand, right. where I would certainly have been talking fifteen, probably more, right. if I had gone with one of the established yeah. names you know so monster joining and were you comparing like with like were they monster joining were they doing wooden windows for they you were or? in some cases it was not it was not like with like in mm -hmm. a direct sense yeah. but i've had people come in here who know property and go they're all you clad aren't they and they're not all you clad yeah. you know so i was working on a budget yeah so no they stay technically were not like with like but in terms of benefit with yeah. benefit they were. Oh, yeah, very well said. Yeah. Okay, so ask, ask, ask. And that is asking friends questions? It's asking friends questions. I, I also found myself, uh, you know, turning up early on a Saturday morning to suppliers, to kitchen suppliers, bathroom suppliers, whatever, and going in and having slightly daft conversations and uh, asking all kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. So bringing the base facts. Mm -hmm. And I found that if you went in at a time when people weren't busy mm -hmm. they were they were very generous and very happy too so i did an enormous amount of um of visiting and researching mm -hmm. because i actually found you you can't do 
enough researching, mm -hmm. you know, and so visiting tile shops and bathroom supplies and, and flooring. The phenomenal thing that I really was taken aback by was just what an enormous difference in price there was. Right. Yeah. Even on, and you know, there was there was a particular brand of tiles that I fell in love with for the kitchen, but I could not afford them, um, and said, no, there's no way I can spend. Um, what was, would have been the guts of, of a thousand mm -hmm. on tiles for the kitchen. And somebody said to me they had seen tiles they thought I would really like in a window of another tile shop. And I went looking and I went, and I almost didn't ask them the price mm -hmm. because they were that same brand. They were slightly different tiles, but they were the same brand mm -hmm. and they were a third of the price. Goodness. You know? Um, so, so we, probably we should ask you what, what tiles shop you went to. Can you remember? Or we have a it's the one on it's the one on Camden Street. On Camden Street uh, right. little, I always get the tile shops mixed up. Yeah. So I, I will. Yeah. Give you the but name, just but since someone might be listening who actually exactly, is about to do some exactly. tiling work, and they'd well, like to I know. mean, the other people who who I found again on the bathroom end of things were really were really um, very good was uh, right price tiles. Right. And they discounted considerably from their from their price. So what I found was ask for discounts yes you know yes um and i had a case with lights which made me rather cross where i found lights that i that i liked i then checked for them online i discovered they were less than 50 percent of the price online so when i allowed for postage the difference was 40 percent so i rang up the people and i said look i'd far prefer leave this money in ireland if you give me a 20% discount, I'll take the 20% hit and then we'll all be happy. And they said they'd give me a 10% discount. And I said, well, look, you know, I'm telling you, then the business is going out of the country, but I'd far prefer give it to you. And they said, but people keep ringing up and doing this. And I thought, well, hold on a second. A 40% premium, mm. sorry, a 50%, the list price was 50%. Mm. So it was the postage that was taking it down mm -hmm. to 40%. That's just too big a difference. And I wasn't willing to wear it, mm -hmm. you know, and it wasn't a sale price on the others or anything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the, it's a two way street. I do want to keep business in Ireland. Mm -hmm. I do want to have shops and showrooms that I can go and visit. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to pay a certain premium mm -hmm. for that, but I wasn't willing to, to pay that level, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the last thing I would say in terms of, uh, of working in a house is if you can find yourself a house buddy, somebody who will help you on it. So I had two. Great. I have my brother Richard who was stunning in terms of all the stuff with the builders, all the more sort of technical bits. So mm -hmm. he was the one who stopped me from going wild when, you know, I when the, when you know getting upset when they discovered the dry rot or mm -hmm. whatever. And he would look at the estimates would be so it was very the more sort of technical, heavy Great. stuff. But he had absolutely no interest in sitting in, in kitchen mm -hmm. showrooms mm -hmm. with me. Uh, whereas my friend Rita Herson mm -hmm. was absolutely stunning at that, and we used to go off, uh, go off on sessions, and we would go and we would visit all of these places. So we would take a day, and we would we would go and we would visit all of these uh, these these places, and that was so valuable because on the kitchen end of things, for example, I had gone and seen, you know, got very beautiful, very expensive kitchen plans. And then I woke up one day and I went, actually, I don't like visit kitchens. And do I really want to invest 12 grand in that? Mm -hmm. And in the end, I ended up getting my kitchen from Ikea. Mm -hmm. um, 
and it's sort of half a kitchen insofar as I got them to do one part of it but I incorporated some of my old furnishings mm. like a pine dresser which has beautiful plates yeah. into it so as it has my character yes and beautiful texture as and well beautiful as tiles and things in it finish. and I have to say the experience of dealing with Ikea in terms of kitchens was superb great um, I ended up doing three three-hour consultations with them with nobody complaining at all about the time that I was that I was spending mm -hmm. on it and the actual fittings for the kitchen were three and a half grand fitted they were four and a half grand right so and does that include appliances that included the uh, the hub sorry it included the expeller yeah the other um the others i did a lot of research with which mm -hmm. uh, on appliances and one of the really interesting things on which they had was not just their overall recommendation but they had what what's the stated capacity of these um, things like cookers or mm -hmm. fridges and what's the actual usable capacity mm -hmm. and the difference could be 20 or 25 percent as in they say they've got a, a cubic capacity exactly, of X, but exactly. if you go to put in a big roasting exactly pan, so how can't. much can you how much yeah. can you really use Interesting and it was a that. really it was a really useful uh, measure mm. so I ended up um, holding two of my own appliances mm -hmm. because I decided everything didn't need to be fitted. Mm -hmm. So I held my own uh, dishwasher and washing machine, bought the others. So in the end, the, my, the final cost for everything on the kitchen was, including all the appliances, was five and a half. Right. And that's probably about half of what I was being quoted by by most places and, and I'm very happy with it. Absolutely and that is a run of units um, and does it turn a corner in the kitchen? It does it's yes. It's slightly a small L shape. Yes yeah. Um, oh, I see you have a lovely gas hob down there did that come from Ikea? Or it didn't it came from from Beco okay uh, and I'm very happy I wanted a five ring yeah. one yes. a big one. Yeah it has um, a rangy exactly. feel to the kitchen. Exactly mm. yeah um, but um, have you found the experience, I know you're only just back in the house mm. now a month, but how does it feel to you in terms of usability? Does it well, Manu always said we had a one person kitchen and now we've got a two people kitchen. Right. Uh, it, it, the kitchen just feels completely different. Yeah. And what's interesting is it, it has just elongated the, the house. There were discussions about whether the, the kitchen should become part of the living space, but mm -hmm. then we would have had the sitting room dining room come office and kitchen all as one space yeah and it was going to be impossible from a sound perspective yeah. so if somebody's watching television and i'm listening yeah. radio in the kitchen or whatever it was not going to work so we have a we have a door with glass mm. and that's worked that's mm. worked really well i'm completely with you on that i think there's a rush to open space that I don't, uh, unless you've got another space that yes. can be a completely on its own. I think yeah. it's a mad to give yourself no, yeah. no alternative yeah. but to have all open space. Uh, especially from a sound point of view too, with everyone on different screens and radios and things. So you've now a two-person kitchen. What else has, what else is a highlight? What makes you thrilled you've done this job? The, um, we had a small courtyard garden. Yeah. That we that we never used, so mm -hmm. it was very much a yard, yeah. um, and we and we really never used it um, for anything other than sort of rubbish or whatever. And we have ended up with two doors out of the kitchen onto that, and one door out from the um, the office mm -hmm. bedroom downstairs, and that has just 
changed that space enormously. It's given us just this extra space that we never had. So we have nice chairs out there now and I find myself sitting out there for my breakfast now and I would never have thought of sitting out there before. Isn't that, and that wasn't at all part of the mission. This is a byproduct. It wasn't part, it's of, a byproduct of it. It's a byproduct of it. And yet it's it. one of the highlights. Yes. Isn't yes. it amazing how that happens? Yes. And I completely agree with you, Jean, in terms of uh, circulation. If you, if you can picture listening to this, you've got a courtyard with a door into it from a door from the kitchen, actually two doors from the kitchen, and also a door from a downstairs study. But it means that you can walk in a circle through the house and the courtyard. And it just has the effect of when you're in the kitchen, you feel like you're in an enormous room because you are effectively accessing the courtyard space, even though it's not in the kitchen, the window is so big out to it that you feel like you are in it. Yes. It's just fantastic. It's like this versatile space, it lends itself to whichever space you happen to be in. If you're in the kitchen, you get a huge kitchen. If you're in the courtyard, you get a huge courtyard. And if you're in Nano's study, you get a huge study. Exactly. It's just exactly. fantastic. No, it, it, it's been super that way. So you've ended up with two bedrooms, or two bathrooms, I should say. And that gives you flexibility in terms of potential income for the yes. house. You've got a second garden which you hadn't expected to yes. get yeah um you've got a kitchen that is bright and easy to work in with two people yep um you've a rewired house you've solved problems you didn't know you have but now at least you yes. feel very confident yes. going into the future so you've future proofed your house and just given yourself uh, a huge daily benefit i think that's true yeah no we're very we're very happy with it, mm. you know. Um, and I was always sort of a bit scared of it. I was a bit scared it was going to, and I'm, I think lots of people are scared. You yeah. sort of, like throughout the process, even like up until, you know, I was waiting to see what furniture fit, would it work when the furniture got back in, all those sorts of things. Mm. I kept waiting for the shoe to fall off. I just thought yeah. it can't, it won't be all right, yeah. you know. Uh, so I have to say I'm very reassured mm -hmm. that it has been and the, the feedback from people has been so positive. So positive. Um, and it's encouraged you to have parties, and maybe you didn't need encouragement. Me, well, I didn't need too much encouragement, but it's given me an excuse. Yeah. So it's sort of, um, there's a feeling of new beginning. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just before we finish, Jean, I'd love to ask you, you had a feeling of dread about this work, which I totally understand. But where do you think that dread came from? The unknown, a history in the family of big jobs being No, stressful. nobody had had, well, I think you hear so many things about mm. nightmares in the whole, in the whole thing. And I've also seen people throw money mm. at projects, mm -hmm. you know, and do, do ridiculous things. Like mm. I remember, you know, being in, in somebody's house and they said, and those bookshelves, you know, were amazing value. They only cost five and a half thousand and this is in a small apartment. And I'm looking at it going, this is ridiculous. Um, so I had a very clear vision about how much this was worth to me. Mm -hmm. And the, and I lived up to that, that mm -hmm. vision, you mm -hmm. know, and I was really quite methodical about it. So the other thing actually I should have said in terms of my advice is be aware that, that it's going to take you a lot of time. Yeah. I think if I hadn't given myself time, it would have been much more stressful. Mm -hmm. So my time, I mean, I'm a consultant. Mm -hmm. I would typically, you know, work with a number of clients, mm -hmm. you know, and I would be working a day a week with them or whatever. And somebody said to me, beware, this is a new client. 
so and it was really brilliant advice mm. because it gave me that I could earmark Permission. almost every week I could earmark a day quite aside from the the weekend thing and you know Rita and myself could go off and could explore mm. tiles or could explore whatever and that I that I kept flexibility so that when the builders would ring and say we've discovered this what do you want to do and you knew that they were all sitting there. I mean, there were times I came in here, um, they were a Romanian team and just superb, but it wasn't unusual for there to be 10 or 12 guys here. Nice. So if something came up, they, they, you know, you, you needed to give them an answer mm -hmm. then yeah. sort of thing. So to have that flexibility mm. made, made all the difference. So time was actually the biggest source of giving myself the gift of time and saying this is allowed and this is mm. legitimate time mm. that was that was a really important way of reducing the stress of it mm. i love that idea that your project is a new client that's a great advice great yeah advice. yeah and it was it was so true that now i don't quite know what i'm going to do with this time you mm. know that i've got now that the project is finished you know mm -hmm. um well, Jean, I'd love to say thank you very much. I think that's been really useful and we're going to do potted notes. I'll do a, pod, uh, a blog on it as well because people can condense those three or four learning lessons that you shared with us. And thank you very much. Brefni, thank you very much. It was a real pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. It was a fantastic, but it's going to be so useful to people.